the Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And here we are. Thank you for joining us tonight. Happy New Year to you, by the way. I hope as you enter a brand new month, a brand new year all together here, hoping that all things turn out for good. And of course, uh, we know that if we are part of the people of God, we have a God who has said all things will work together. There is a conspiracy of circumstances. You hear about conspiracy theories. People think that this group or that group, the big banks, the Federal Reserve, the FDA, pharmaceutical companies, big medicine, big business. From the biblical point of view, there is a conspiracy about. I'm not sure there's any one human group at the center of it, but there is, we are told, a conspiracy against God himself, pushed and promoted by the great enemy of our souls, this archangel named Lucifer that rebelled against God and was cast to this earth. Tradition says, and the scriptures seem to have some idea, that perhaps a third of the angels fell with him. They rebelled against God. Evidently, the angelic hosts were also given free will, They rebelled against him, and they have been cast to this earth. Here they exercise their influence and their rebellion. God allows them to tempt and move, and they are rebelling against God and everything that God desires. That is definitely a conspiracy. But God has also got a plan, and his plan is for blessing and for good to all those who love him, who trust in him, who desire him. That's a conspiracy working in our favor. He said, we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. We trust that. We believe that. We don't know what every day, individual day, will hold. But my desire is you have a great, great year, and I trust that many more will come to know our Savior and Lord. Well, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment right now. We'll begin our Bible Live broadcast with this reading from the Psalms right here on the Bible Live. Psalm 31, verses 1 through 8. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be put to shame. Rescue me, for you always do what is right. 
Bend down and listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be for me a great rock of safety, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this peril. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. I hate those who worship worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I am overcome with joy because of your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemy, but have set me in a safe place. End of reading, Psalm 31, verses 1 through 8. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. He will make a way. He will make a way. Oh God. Beautiful reading from the Psalms tonight. I particularly enjoy that. I, I don't know what kind of year this is going to be this year. God's people have this promise. We have this understanding. Often it seems like the power of God is more manifest and his people are more committed and dedicated and single-minded in serving him in times of difficulty. Sometimes prosperity can be our worst enemy, spiritually at least. That's something we see over and again in Scripture. I love this psalm, though, in times of stress, times of difficulty. And, of course, David really knew some tough times. That is when it must be more than lip service to honor God and serve God. We really have to buckle up and trust him in the darkness, for what he has shown us in the light. Let's resolve to do that together this year. And part of that commitment will be giving a priority to hearing the voice of God, listening and letting God speak to our hearts. Tonight we're going to open in the book of Numbers. We're making our way through the fourth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. We'll pick up at chapter 8 as they are still camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Moses is receiving instructions from the Lord. Tonight we'll see commandments about the lamps, about the Levites' dedication. The people will observe now their second Passover. We just finished reading in chapter 9, Whenever Moses went into the temple, he heard the voice of God speaking to him from behind the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement. What a thing to hear the very voice of God. And yet we have that same honor and delight these days as we hear his voice speaking to us through his word. Let's listen now to the Bible live. Numbers 8, 1 through 1036. Numbers 8. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron that when he sets up the seven lamps in the lampstand, he is to place them so their light shines forward. So Aaron did this. He set up the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire lampstand, from its base to its decorative blossoms, was made of beaten gold. It was built according to the exact design the Lord had shown Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now set the Levites apart from the rest of the people of Israel and make them ceremonially clean. Do this by sprinkling them with the water of purification and have them shave their entire body and wash their clothing. Then they will be ceremonially clean. Have them bring a young bull and a grain offering of choice flour mixed with olive oil along with a second young bull for a sin offering. 
Then assemble the whole community of Israel and present the Levites at the entrance of the tabernacle. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel must lay their hands on them. Aaron must present the Levites to the Lord as a special offering from the people of Israel, thus dedicating them to the Lord's service. Next, the Levites will lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls and present them to the Lord. One will be for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering, to make atonement for the Levites. Then have the Levites stand in front of Aaron and his sons and present them as a special offering to the Lord. In this way you will set the Levites apart from the rest of the people of Israel, and the Levites will belong to me. After this, they may go in and out of the tabernacle to do their work, because you have purified them and presented them as a special offering. Of all the people of Israel, the Levites are reserved for me. I have claimed them for myself in place of all the firstborn sons of the Israelites. I have taken the Levites as their substitutes. For all the firstborn males among the people of Israel are mine, both people and animals. I set them apart for myself on the night I killed all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. Yes, I claim the Levites in place of all the firstborn sons of Israel. And of all the Israelites, I have assigned the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They will serve in the tabernacle on behalf of the Israelites and make atonement for them, so no plague will strike them when they approach the sanctuary. So Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel dedicated the Levites, carefully following all the Lord's instructions to Moses. The Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes, and Aaron presented them to the Lord as a special offering. He then performed the rite of atonement over them to purify them. From then on, the Levites went into the tabernacle to perform their duties, helping Aaron and his sons. So they carried out all the commands that the Lord gave Moses concerning the Levites. The Lord also instructed Moses, This is the rule the Levites must follow. They must begin serving in the tabernacle at the age of 25, and they must retire at the age of 50. After retirement, they may assist their fellow Levites by performing guard duty at the tabernacle, but they may not officiate in the service. This is how you will assign duties to the Levites. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Numbers 9. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses in early spring, during the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt, while he and the rest of the Israelites were in the wilderness of Sinai. Tell the Israelites to celebrate the Passover at the proper time, at twilight on the appointed day in early spring. Be sure to follow all my laws and regulations concerning this celebration. So Moses told the people to celebrate the Passover in the wilderness of Sinai as twilight fell on the appointed day. And they celebrated the festival there, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. But some of the men had been ceremonially defiled by touching a dead person, so they could not offer their Passover lambs that day. So they came to Moses and Aaron that day and said, We have become ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person, but why should we be excluded from presenting the Lord's offering at the proper time with the rest of the Israelites? Moses answered, Wait here until I have received instructions for you from the Lord. This was the Lord's reply. Say to the Israelites, If any of the people now or in future generations are ceremonially unclean at Passover time because of touching a dead body, or if they are on a journey and cannot be present at the ceremony, they may still celebrate the Lord's Passover. They must offer the Passover sacrifice one month later at twilight on the appointed day. They must eat the lamb at that time with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. They must not leave any of the lamb until the next morning, and they must not break any of its bones. They must follow all the normal regulations concerning the Passover. But those who are ceremonially clean and not away on a trip yet still refuse to celebrate the Passover at the regular time, will be cut off from the community of Israel for failing to present the Lord's offering at the proper time. They will suffer the consequences of their guilt. 
And if foreigners living among you want to celebrate the Passover to the Lord, they must follow these same laws and regulations. The same laws apply both to you and to the foreigners living among you. The tabernacle was set up, and on that day the cloud covered it. Then from evening until morning the cloud over the tabernacle appeared to be a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night the cloud changed to the appearance of fire. When the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel followed it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel camped. In this way they traveled at the Lord's command and stopped wherever he told them to. Then they remained where they were as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed for a long time, just as the Lord commanded. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days, so the people would stay for only a few days. Then, at the Lord's command, they would break camp. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and moved on the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and followed. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Numbers 10. Now the Lord said to Moses, Make two trumpets of beaten silver to be used for summoning the people to assemble and for signaling the breaking of camp. When both trumpets are blown, the people will know that they are to gather before you at the entrance of the tabernacle. But if only one is blown, then only the leaders of the tribes of Israel will come to you. When you sound the signal to move on, the tribes on the east side of the tabernacle will break camp and move forward. When you sound the signal a second time, the tribes on the south will follow. You must sound short blasts to signal moving on. But when you call the people to an assembly, blow the trumpets using a different signal. Only the priests, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law to be followed from generation to generation. When you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies, you must sound the alarm with these trumpets so the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. Blow the trumpets in times of gladness too, sounding them at your annual festivals and at the beginning of each month to rejoice over your burnt offerings and peace offerings. The trumpets will remind the Lord your God of His covenant with you. I am the Lord your God. One day in mid-spring during the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on in stages until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. When the time to move arrived, the Lord gave the order through Moses. The tribes that camped with Judah headed the march with their banner under the leadership of Nashon, son of Amminadab. The tribe of Issachar was led by Nethanel, son of Zuar. The tribe of Zebulun was led by Eliab, son of Helon. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the Gershonite and Merorite divisions of the Levites were next in the line of march, carrying the tabernacle with them. Then the tribes that camped with Reuben set out with their banner, under the leadership of Elizur, son of Shedur. The tribe of Simeon was led by Shelumiel, son of Jerishadai. The tribe of Gad was led by Elisaph, son of Duel. Next came the Kohathite division of the Levites, carrying the sacred objects from the tabernacle. When they arrived at the next camp, the tabernacle would already be set up at its new location. Then the tribes that camped with Ephraim set out with their banner under the leadership of Elishama, son of Amihud. The tribe of Manasseh was led by Gamaliel, son of Perajur. The tribe of Benjamin was led by Abidan, son of Gideoni. Last of all, the tribes that camped with Dan set out under their banner. They served as the rear guard for all the tribal camps. The tribe of Dan headed this group under the leadership of Ahiezer, son of Amishadai. The tribe of Asher was led by Pagiel, son of Okran. 
the tribe of Naphtali, was led by Ahira, son of Enan. This was the order in which the tribes marched, division by division. One day Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, son of Ruel the Midianite, We are on our way to the promised land. Come with us and we will treat you well, for the Lord has given wonderful promises to Israel. But Hobab replied, No, I will not go. I must return to my own land and family. Please don't leave us, Moses pleaded. You know the places in the wilderness where we should camp. Come, be our guide, and we will share with you all the good things that the Lord does for us. They marched for three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord, with the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them, and whenever the Ark set out, Moses would cry, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee before you. And when the Ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. End of reading, Numbers 8, 1 through 10, 36. This is the Bible Live. Thou shalt not go away. You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. I like the combination tonight's reading. As you see the people of God shaping up, They've been here at the base of Mount Sinai now for a year. They've been receiving instructions. They have constructed and erected the tabernacle. It has been dedicated, and the Levites are now dedicated to their task. They have been trained, each of them, all of them, in their different tasks and their different responsibilities. And, of course, socially, the people of Israel, as they gather, as they relate to one another, you can imagine children are playing with children and neighbors are relating to neighbors. People are trading and going about their daily activities. Obviously, there are a huge encampment, over 2 million people gathered here at the base of Mount Sinai. And, of course, we have to, as best we can, understand the, the real situation that we're looking at as the people are gathered there. There is travel. People leave perhaps back to Egypt, perhaps to other countries or people groups around. There is interaction. There are other foreign nations around them, people who come to make commerce with them as a huge people group. So a lot is going on. Normal life is taking place. People are being married, being buried. New children are being born. And in the context of all of that activity as the people of God, as they begin to gather around their own priorities as a people group, their own festival days, their own practices, and so on. In the center of the assembly is the tabernacle, and they're called to worship God and serve God. To me, there's such a tremendous mixture of the practicalities of life, the day-to-day existence, finding food and water and people who are ill, children growing up, educating children and, and others, and just making a life. Balance that together with the priority of knowing God and serving God and enjoying a relationship with God. The text seems to bring that out. Our passage opened up with the Lord taking time to tell Moses how to arrange these candles in the tabernacle so that the light shines forward. It would give the priest light as they go about their duties there in the holy place of the tabernacle, in the tent of meeting. 
Then, of course, we see the practicality of the Levites being dedicated, the beauty of that ceremony. And from the sacrifices that are given, you see the practicality of it. At the last of our reading tonight, we see the people of Israel moving on out now. They have been camped now at the base of Mount Sinai for two years. They are given instructions to set out now for the first time from the base of Mount Sinai. They organized the trumpets sound, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night moves them. The tabernacle is taken down. And remember, they've also organized themselves by tribe around the tabernacle. And they begin to move out because they were taken out of Egypt for a purpose. It was not simply to come out of Egypt. It was to go into the promised land. They weren't delivered from Egypt just to sit in the desert. They were delivered from Egypt with the idea that God was now going to restore them to the promised land, the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the land that he had promised to them and their descendants. In the same way, for us as believers, there is another life. There is another existence prepared for us. We have been taken out so that we can be taken in. We're taken out of the kingdom of sin, out of the kingdom of darkness, and brought into a kingdom of light. And we're to walk and live as men and women of the light. It's not just about being forgiven. It's about walking in victory over sin and being the people of God, walking in righteousness. A beautiful lesson for us in our reading tonight. Right now, I want you to hear from my son, Scott. He's going to tell you how you can be a partner with us. It's an exciting new vision to broadcast the Bible itself to America and the world. First of all, I want to say this is the best show in the world. This program that you put on is just a remarkable program. I don't know if there's any program like it in the U.S. But did you know that you can help put the Bible on the airwaves across America and at the same time receive your own copy of the Bible Live, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation on CD? Convenience is the key for me. The Bible Life has really changed my morning commute. My parents gave me the Bible Live CD collection as a gift before I went away to college. I've grown up reading the Bible, but listening to it and having it available to listen as I study or to listen as I clean my dorm room, it's been amazing. Hearing the Bible out loud without the effort or distraction of reading helps me focus on what it actually says. Sophie's voice and reading style really bring out the meaning of the text. I like listening to the CDs while I exercise. For every tax-deductible donation of $100 or more to The Bible Live, our thank you gift to you will be our Bible Live CD set, 62 CDs with a convenient carrying case. Visit our website, www.thebiblelive.com, and donate online today. Together we can bring the Bible live to millions who otherwise may never hear its message. Now, there are several things that are kind of noteworthy as I took my little notes tonight. And remember, I always encourage you who listen to the Bible live, if you possibly can, to time your day so that you can sit down and listen to the Scriptures. And if possible, buy yourself a spiral notebook, a regular notebook. Write the date and just start your notes. As you listen to the Scriptures, what it is that impresses you, that speaks to your heart. I have written down the Levites being the substitute for that first son that God had spared in Egypt. When God passed over the land and he passed over the homes where the blood was placed over the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over that home and judgment would not come to fall on that home. Remember that from the time of the deliverance of Israel from the land of Egypt. Well, because of that, of course, the oldest son belongs to the Lord. The Levites were given as a national gift to God. 
This had a price to be paid. The entire nation committed themselves to supporting financially the Levites and their work. So the rest of Israel was willing to work and earn and with their crops and with their herds. They were giving to support the work of the Levites, which was to encourage them and serve them spiritually. The Levites, they are a gift that the people of Israel are giving to God. At different times in the nation's history, we'll see that they either were faithful or not faithful to that task of supporting the Levites in their labor. Because in supporting the Levites, they weren't just giving a group of people a free ride. In supporting the Levites, they were supporting the work of God. They were supporting faith in God. They were supporting the worship of God. Because that was the labor of the Levites, was to facilitate and to help the nation maintain their priority of serving the true and living God. And so we see how important that was. Another thing that I had written down, they observed the second Passover here, Notice that there was a group of people that they had a difficulty. We touched the body of a dead person, so because of that, we're not able to participate in the worship of God. We're not ceremonially clean. And God made a way. He did not compromise the principle he had before, but he presented a second opportunity. A month later, all of those who, for reasons beyond their own control, now if they were just negligent and lazy and disobedient, they were not given this break. But for those who really had desired to follow the Lord but had this unfortunate status of being ceremonially unclean, they were given a second way to worship God and to observe the Passover. That was grace at work, right? We continue now walking with the people of Israel as they've been delivered from bondage and slavery in Egypt. Now, two years later, they move on up. You know, actually, the promised land was only maybe a 10 to 12 days journey, even from Egypt. And from where they were, they could have made this journey. God is preparing them to take that step of faith. And they are to walk with him each and every day. I like this idea of being led by the cloud of fire by night, a cloud by day. We, too, are led by God today. And I want you to claim by faith God's guidance. His empowering of your life. Right now, if you belong to Him, He is guiding you. He's got you where you are. Don't look to the future. Ask God, what are you putting in my heart, my hand, my head to do right now? Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live... Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 